good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alpazan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Between Tools will try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 499-9526. And if you stick a 225 in front of there. That gets you here from anywhere in the continental United States. On this beautiful Saturday morning. Boy, I tell you, it is beautiful here. Now, I don't know, some of the places that may be listening to us, it may not be quite so... It's beautiful here, though. <laughs> and we're here, so... <laughs> That's right. That's right. This has been just a gorgeous week, I guess. Temperatures in the low 70s, low humidity, just sunshine. Right. Uh, eat your heart out. <laughs> 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 I got a guy that called me during the week. He, he said he's up in upper Michigan. 10 below zero. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're tough. <laughs> you got my respect, man. Way too cold for me. That's right. Of course, you know, it's only going to be, what, another two weeks and we'll be into our Mardi Gras down here. Right. So all the folks are coming down get to see all this firsthand. That's it. If it stays this way. Yeah, that's you right. You are South Louisiana. <laughs> you got a point there. Hey, whoever calls from the furthest distance will get a free Agco t-shirt, USPS to them. So if you happen to be listening on iHeart or Stitcher or one of the other fine internet services, maybe on WJBO.com, just go ahead and give us a call. And if you're calling from outside the calling area, just give the producer your name and address and where you're calling from and, of course, your size preference, and we'll get that out to you. That's right. Should you happen to think of something after we go off the air or just don't want to be on the air today or that's right whatever <laughs> whatever the case may be you can actually go to our website and get your questions answered that way. Mm-hmm. It's www.agcoauto.com. That is A G C O A U T O.com. Right. The contact bar on every page. You can send Lewis an email any time of the day or night. That's a fact. And there's actually two different contact forms that we've put on there. One is a standard form, which we wish you would use if you have an automotive question because it gives you a place to put the type of car that you have and so on. And I need that information to get an answer back to you. But there's also one we added a couple of weeks ago, and that is just a comment type form. And we've had a lot of people who have actually sent us very nice comments on that. One guy sent us one on some ideas for some detailed topics he'd like to see in the future. That'd so be great. Give us some good ideas because I do run out of ideas of things to write about. <laughs> so really like that. The advantage to using that form is that all you have to do is put a name and you don't even have to put an a email address unless you want a return. If you want to reply from me, of course, I'm going to need an email address. But if you choose to remain anonymous, you can just put your name on, send it in to me without even putting an email address. And that way you can... Say, hey, you're a big jerk, and say it to me, and I won't know who did it. <laughs> or you can say, hey, you're a good guy. I really like you. Either way. Yeah. <laughs> but that's one new feature that is available on the site, and, of course, lots of others as well. We've been working on that quite a bit, adding features, updating features. We've got another surprise feature coming on here in the next week or two. I'm not going not gonna to head it out too hard? Nah, I'm just going to say it's coming. That's All nice. right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, while you're on the site, you might want to look at the detailed topic section. That's kind of where the meat of the information's at. Put one on there this morning on the Chrysler EVAP system. And just in case you're not sure what an EVAP system is, that is a system that vents the fuel tank and also tests it to make sure it's not leaking. And the reason that's important is because I would say roughly, oh, I'm going to go out and live and say 50% of the check engine lights that come on have to do with this system. Checks such a small level mm-hmm. that of, of it, leakage. It's, it's very... Very sensitive. sensitive. Mm -hmm. And so it accounts for a pretty large number of codes that come up, and people are often very, very confused by it. Chrysler is sort of like the European cars. It uses a totally different setup to monitor EVAP. Ford and GM and most of your Asian cars use a vacuum system that pulls a vacuum on a tank and measures how fast the vacuum degrades. 
Chrysler, on the other hand, uses a pressure system. It has a little pump called a leak detection pump. Right. Pressurizes the tank and then watches how fast the pressure degrades. So kind of a minor change, but it completely changes the diagnostics of the system. So this article goes into depth. Of course, the one last week was on the vacuum system. This is on the pressure system. So between the two of them, you could probably diagnose the majority of EVAP codes. Right. If it's something that you read these two articles and you're still lost on, then you just need to get to a shop because you just got one of those weird, weird things. And those do occur, but this is going to help you out a whole lot. A lot of really good information, so pop on there and read that. Lots of other good things you can do as well. www.agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. And I think you'll really like it. We're going to our phone lines with Richard. Good morning, Richard. Good morning. I've got a 2002 Dodge Caravan okay. with the V6. And I noticed that I had a really low transmission level in it. Okay. So investigating, kind of looking online, seems like that people have a lot of problems with the gasket around the solenoid valve leaking. Generally, so, on that, Richard, it's not the gasket. It's the solenoid body itself. It starts to leak, and it leaks through the solenoids is what I found. Generally, just replacing the gasket won't really help with that. Generally, we have to change the solenoid body to fix that problem. Really? Okay. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. And it's not a huge, I mean, well, it's big-ish, but it's not huge. You don't have to take transmission out or take it apart. You have to drop the pan. You go from there, and the solenoid body's on the outside. So you just remove it. You install it, and there's some things you have to hook up. I mean, if you're real, real handy, you could probably do it yourself. If you're not real, real handy, you might want to get it in. It's not a huge labor ticket. I want to say it's about an hour to an hour and a half charge to replace it. And we generally service the transmission at the same time because we do have to drop the pan to get in. So you'd add the charge of a service plus the price of body. But that's what we do. We do that repair very, very frequently. It's, it, it's that pretty I may common. Want to go ahead. I'm sorry. It's something that I may want to go ahead and try to do myself. Mm-hmm. But it would be the first time that I've done something with yes, the transmission. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. it doesn't look like it'd be all that. It's not. Any gotchas or any tips or tricks or anything that Not I that I can for? think of, Richard. I think it's pretty straightforward. You might want to get a shop manual for the car or at least go online and see if you can find some service data on it just to describe the procedure. But if I'm not I've never done one myself. I know Josh at the shop is our transmission guy. He does them all day long. If he was on the show he could tell you better than I could, but I don't think there's anything real tricky to it. I think you just drop the pan. There's a few things you unhook on the inside where the solenoids link in. Then it just unbolts from the outside, unplug the wires, take it off, put the new one on. I don't think it's a huge deal. While you're in there, probably go ahead and replace the filter. And that does take a fluid called ATF plus four. Make sure you put the right fluid back in it. Uh, you can't put Dextron or anything like that, or it'll really start having some issues. Well, one of the things I did notice, with the fluid being low, I was a little concerned with it maybe being, maybe not burnt. It didn't look to be burnt. It didn't smell burnt. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure it's not as good as it used to be, but I know I'm not going to be able to drain all the fluid. Well, you don't have to. You're going to get about six quarts out when you pull the pan, which is more than adequate. As long as you're replacing half the fluid, you're going to replenish all the additives and stuff. I mean, if you're really concerned, you could drain it, fill it, go drive it, come back, do it again. Richard, there's actually no way to get 100% of the fluid out without taking transmission apart. And all these folks that talk about flushing and all, they don't know what in the devil they're talking about. When you flush a transmission, you probably get a little bit less than you get when you drop the pan. The reason being, a transmission circuit is not a linear circuit. It is a tree circuit. In other words, when it comes off the pump, there is one line that just goes into a loop, goes to a regulator, dumps back in the pan. That dumps the excess pressure. 
Another one goes to the torque converter. Another one goes to the loop circuit. Another goes to the pressure circuit. So when you're flushing it, what you're doing is you're interrupting the line that goes to the torque converter, and you're putting fluid on that one line. But you still got three lines dumping back into the pan. So all you're doing, you're cleaning up one-fourth of the fluid. You're dumping dirty fluid right back into it, and you keep taking the clean fluid back out. So you're not doing any good at all. You're much better off to drop the pan, change half the fluid, which is what you're doing. And then, like I said, if you're concerned with the rest, just drive it 20 minutes, 30 minutes, drop the pan, change it again. And that way you got you got virtually about 80 or 90%. But the fluid's not going to be the problem. It's the filter that's going to be the problem. Very good. Thank all right. you so much. For okay, help. Richard. Thanks, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 499-9526 number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? And we've got Joe in line. Good morning, Joe. How you doing? Look, doing great, sir. I was on a trip to North Carolina in December. Okay. I have a 2005 GMC Envoy. Okay. And the lights just went out. They just yeah, low beam. went out and came back on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you try right. a high beam? No. Okay. Next time it happens, Joe, flip it on high beam. If you still got high beam but you don't have low, almost every time there's a part in there called a low beam relay, and those go out a lot, and we change those quite a bit. Kind of a ridiculously expensive part. It's about 80 or $90 for the little relay, but that is almost always what it is. If you can find it, it's not hard to replace. You just unplug it and plug another one in. If you can't find it, fire off an email to me, and I'll look it up and service that. I don't remember. I think it's in the relay center under the hood, but I wouldn't swear to that. A lot of times you can take the cover off the relay center and turn it over, mm-hmm. and it'll be listed out. Or you can look on the relays down on the board itself, and it'll be listed there somehow. Yeah. Very seldom, but sometimes it's just numbers, and then you have to verify the numbers with a service data. Yeah, to find the right one. Sometimes your owner's manual may also list it. But like I said, if you can't find it, fire me an email and I'll look it up and let okay, you know. Yeah, but at that. the same time, it looks like my oil pressure went up up on it, the gauge. It happened at the same time. Yeah, not sure what's going on there. That's what I said. Next time it does it, Joe, just turn the bright lights on. And if they come on, that's probably what it is. If the bright lights do not come on, then you got something else going on. It could be a ground lead that's dropping out. You know, it could be a loose connection. There's lots of other things that can do it that could cause other problems. You know, if the feed starts to back up through another circuit and that circuit happens to be the oil pressure switch, then, yeah, it's going to affect your gauge, too. So beyond that, I would have to see the vehicle to tell you. I'm just not okay. sure. But I know we do change those relays a lot. And it right. is possible even the relay is affecting it. Maybe just the voltage in the system's changing because right, your lights right, are doing right. something, you know, flaky. But check that. Like I said, if you got high beam but you don't have low beam, I would almost bet that's what it's going to be. Okay. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks, Jeff. Bye-bye. 499-9526 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would certainly love to have you. And we've got Glenn on the line. Good morning, Glenn. Yes, sir. Good morning. I had something weird happen yesterday. I have an OH Chevrolet pickup truck. Okay. And I had to go to Texas. And on the way, the electric door lock started going on and up and down, up Uh and down, up and down. And after a few minutes, it stopped. Yes, sir. And drove on about another, all oh, 30, 40 minutes again. And they started again, mm-hmm. but it didn't do as, as long this time. Yes, sir. So uh, when I stopped, uh, made my delivery, I came back and got back in my truck and drove back to Baton Rouge and didn't have any problems. Mm-hmm. I've seen that before, Glenn, and I'm going by my memory, but I think there is a flash update to the computer that actually helps with that. We could go in and update your computer for you. The newer Chevy trucks have just a lot of electrical issues like that just because they got so many bells and whistles on them. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, there is a flash that's supposed to correct that. Now, if not, 
I have seen where the master switch on the door, on the driver's door, will go bad and also cause that. And for some reason, it'll do it sometimes, and it won't do it for two weeks, and it'll do it again. But if you want to bring it by, I'll be glad to check it, and I'll be glad to see if, there is a, if there's a flash update. That's not a big deal. It takes about an hour to update the computer, and that will normally cure that issue. And uh, it may also cure some other issues that have come up since the car was built. Uh, yes, sir. I will certainly do that. And also, I noticed that the radio, now whether it went off or what happened, but I had to reset my clock. Yeah, that, that sounds almost sounds like, like some voltage dropping, dropping out right. in the system. I tell you what, Glenn, just to make sure, why don't you take and go under the hood and check those battery cables real good, make sure they're tight. Yes, also, sir. One of the cables on the newer trucks, you've got a, a Group 48 battery. There's a cable that is not very well made from GM, and if you kind of touch it, it may feel hot. And if it does, it will give you a whirl of problems with electrical. We cut those off and crimp a new end on all the time, and we fix just a whole world of problems. But, yeah, they had a really goofy setup on that battery cables. And if you buy a new cable from GM, you're getting the same junk you're taking off. So... What's better is bring it in. We can actually, we got a machine that'll crimp a good end on there, and that eliminates a, just a bunch of electrical problems with them. That may be your door lock problem also. Yeah, well, that truck is my life. I do hot shot. There you go. <laughs> well, call Lane up. and make an appointment, and I'll get you in, and I, we should be able to get that take care. I certainly will. Thank you very okay, much. Okay, Glenn. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right, we've got to take a quick little break. Steve, hang on. You'll be straight up after this break. Ever plan to move west? Travel my way, take the highway. Mike Rohn here with Baton Rouge's newest talk show, My Oh Mayan, dedicated to helping people who thought the world would end December 21st, 2012. Caller, you're on the air. Mike, I feel terrible. Wow, what'd you do? I maxed out all of my credit cards, bought over 200 pairs of shoes, didn't shave my legs for 60 days, and ate primarily chocolate and breathe the entire month of December. My stomach's still not quite right. Well, in addition to lots of salads, one thing I can recommend to help recoup some money is to take your car to Agco Automotive. Agco's experienced technicians provide you a quote and then stick to that price so you're never surprised by higher cost. And Agco fixes vehicles right the first time. If you want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go, visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. So, no fruits or veggies for an entire month? Do strawberry Pop-Tarts count as fruit? No, not last time I checked. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, this is the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between tools, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go ahead and give us a call? It's 499-9526, and we'd be glad to put you up at the top of the list, answer whatever questions you might have. And we've got Steve's been patiently holding. Good morning, Steve. Thanks for taking my call. I got a 237,000 miles on it. This might be a twofold problem when it's really cold outside, uh -huh. and I crank my truck up, of course, it, I don't have the luxury of having a garage because Billy's garage is so small now at home. Yes, sir. My wife can park in there. But um, I crank this thing up, and it sounds like it's running on two cylinders until it warms up, and it's fine, and it's running good. Yeah, is that a diesel engine in it, Yes, Steve? Yes, it's yeah. a diesel. Yes, uh, six liter or 6.4? Yes, 6.0, yes, sir. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the most common thing on that, and I know you're not going to hear this, but the most common thing is the injectors are going bad. And I don't know why they only do it when they're cold and they smooth out and they run fine when they're hot. But that is almost always on that vehicle what that problem is. 
when you first crank it up, it'll barely run. And then after it warms up, it'll take off and run like scalded devil. That's but, right. Man, That's they, right. they have had so much trouble. There are actually shops around the country that do nothing but work on six-liter Ford diesels. That's their entire forte. That's all they work on, and I it keeps understand. them busy. I understand that. Also, this thing, what it does is I could be accelerating. I was on the interstate the other day. And uh-huh. I was going 60, and I had to slow down, and I had to, then I had to increase the speed to get up the uh, an overpass, uh-huh. and man, I, I hardly had any power. Well, and that could be, yeah, that could be the same exact thing. That may all be one problem because uh, right smoke coming out the back end. Yeah, it sounds like the injectors are, are giving you some problems. They've had just a huge amount of trouble. Now they also have a lot of trouble with the EGR on those. They actually have an EGR cooler on them that can leak coolant, and when the coolant runs into the exhaust, it'll start blowing white smoke like that. So you may have more than one problem, but I tell you, if you get this to someone who works the six liters, you know, who's good with them, they're going to probably fix all those problems at one time because you got to take the whole top of the motor apart to do any one of these repairs. So most of the time when they go in there, they do it all. They just fix everything at one time. Is that an expensive repair? Very, very, very yes, sir. Plan on 5000 plus. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right, guy. I appreciate okay. your help. Thanks, Steve. Thank you Bye-bye. so Bye-bye. All right, 499-9526, number, you want to be part of the automotive iron? I know that's not what he wanted to hear. <laughs> hey, the truth is the truth. That's but. right. You know, there are actual shops, like I said, around the country that work on nothing but six-liter Ford diesels. Right. That's what they went into business working yeah. on. Oh, and yeah. In fact, them. if you go on the internet, you'll see a six-liter fix kit. It comes with injectors, <laughs> comes with EGR delete, comes with head gaskets, head studs. Yeah. All the things that Ford screwed up on it. and. You know, in my opinion, Ford should have recalled that engine. They didn't build it, but a few years they they had the seven three, which was it was a good it was a good, good motor, engine. good design. They came out with the six liter. It really was a dog. Then they came out with the six four, which was an even bigger dog. They dropped it. Then they came out with this new one, and it hadn't been out long enough to see. But yeah, they're using the public for a test field. Yeah, well, I always do. <laughs> <laughs> Last week we were kind of talking about some of the new technology on cars. We right. kind of beat them up pretty good on it. I had one listener who sent me an email, and he said, you know, well, y'all take that. I said, well, I don't want to sound like I'm anti-technology because I'm not. Right. There is technology, which is great. And something like a fuel injector is a technology that has benefited millions of people. It's very cost-effective. It saves the driver money. It makes the car run better. It gives very little problems. I am all for that. I am, too. And even an improved part, I am all for that. When we talk about technology and kind of complain, what we're talking about is kind of boneheaded stuff that adds a tremendous amount of cost without really adding any benefit for the driver. Exactly. And there's just tons and tons of that on the vehicles. And I'm not even saying that you shouldn't have it because there are people out there who like that stuff. There are people who want their car to sync with their iPad. Well, well that's great, but make it an option. Exactly. And if they want it, they can buy it. But all us other people who don't want it, right, <laughs> don't want to have to pay the repairs on it, don't want to have to pay to maintain it, but we're kind of mandated with it because it's just on the car. It's that's just right. That's, that's what you get. You buy a new car, that's what you get. It's not like back when you could order a car with what you wanted on it. Yeah, well, we were talking earlier before the show and we've got a truck coming in next week, a guy that we work on a lot of vehicles for him. And it's got a 275... 65R20 tire on it. Load E. Yeah, big, huge tire oh, yeah. on his pickup truck that basically he just uses to drive back and forth to work. But it's about close to two grand for a set of tires. Yeah. Because it's got these big, huge tires. And 
I don't know that many people if they realize what it costs to replace all. I mean, I know they look cool. Of course, you're talking about a huge truck. Yeah, you're right. talking about an F what two fifty, three fifty, two fifty in this right. case. But for many, 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 many years, they got by with a tire one third that size. That's it, <laughs> and it did just fine. And it did just fine. And I understand if you like the styling, you like the way the big tires look. Hey, God bless you, man. Hey, you don't mind paying for the tires or the repairs, That's right? That's all, right. I'm all for it, but but. Just what happens, it out there. you buy a base model, and it's got these big old tires on there, and it's two grand for a set of tires to get ready to buy them, and that's kind of hard to swallow for a lot of people. I don't know how many times have you been to the dealership and found a base model anything. I, well, that shows you how much I, I, don't get, <laughs> I don't get out much. You know, I'm not, I'm not what you... <laughs> I'm not what you call in their target market. You know, that's it. You don't buy cars every three years. Not real often. No, my truck, my new truck, my brand new truck is yeah. 12 years old. It is a stripped down base model. In fact, the salesman really didn't want to sell me that truck. I know. He did his best to talk me out of it. Oh, man, you're not going to be happy. This thing don't have power windows. I don't want power windows. Man, this thing got rubber floor. I want rubber floor mats. It's got cloth. I want cloth. Man, it's just got a little six-cylinder motor. That's all I want. That's right. Man, I said, bro, you about to talk yourself out of sale. <laughs> you keep going. You keep telling me how bad it is. You yeah. want to sell it or not, you know? That's it. But, yeah, when I bought my, I mean, it is the absolute bare bones, stripped down, got AM, FM radio, and air conditioning. That's it. Hey, and it, it does exactly what you want it to right. do. didn't even have crews in it. But you know what? That rascal is 12 years old, and I don't think, other than maybe change the coolant once, twice, change all half a dozen times. Yeah. I don't think it's, I've done much to it. And not really. It's, it's still rocking and rolling. You there know, you and go. I'm real happy with it. That truck's made me happier than any truck I've ever owned. <laughs> 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 hey, we got to take one more quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Mike Rohn here with Baton Rouge's newest talk show, My Oh Mayan, dedicated to helping people who thought the world would end December 21st, 2012. We have an anonymous caller here from the D.C. area. You're on the air. Uh, yes, Mike. I have some serious debt issues. Okay. Let's say I'm in charge of this really big company, and we have this deficit. You know, I thought with the world ending, we'd be okay, but that didn't happen, and I need some cash. I maxed out all my credit cards but that barely made a dent. Well, sounds like you need to be on a strict budget. And the first thing I tell you is to make sure you're not wasting money on big-time car repairs. Regular preventative maintenance with Agco Automotive is the key to saving money in the long run and a good way to pay off debt. If you want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go, visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Any other advice? You should look into selling your house and downsizing. I don't think I'm allowed to do that. Hey, welcome back. If you just join us, the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Haldazan, with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Twin Tools will try and answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? It's 499-9526. And we got our lines wide open, just rip-roaring and ready to try to help you. We got CA online. Good morning, CA. Hey, good morning, Lewis. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Look, I got a little question for you. You bet. I got a 2011 Buick Lucerne. Uh huh. And been noticing here lately. I got to drive when I first crank up. I got to drive probably three or four or five miles before the thing will shift in overdrive. Okay. Several people give me different opinions, so mm-hmm. I thought I'd call you. Uh, <laughs> that may actually be normal for that car. I would have to look up the strategy on it. But a lot of cars will block overdrive out until the engine reaches 180 degrees. And it's a strategy to try to get the engine to warm up faster because when they're cold, they're actually polluting more. So 
I don't know for certain on that car, but a lot of cars do do that. They will not go to overdrive till they hit 180 degrees. It's what they call closed loop. And once the system goes to closed loop, then it enables overdrive. Now, I don't know that for certain, but I, I know there are a lot of cars that do that. I could look it up for you in service data. There'll be a description of the way the transmission actually works. But if there's no other symptom and it's always done it, I would almost bet you that that is the strategy for that transmission. Probably explains the fact that if I leave it in the carport and let it warm up for about five minutes and hit the road, it does fine. Yes, sir, exactly. Yeah. It's not every car that does it, but there's a whole lot of them that do. And it just depends. You know, every car has to meet certain standards from the EPA. And if they're having some issues meeting some standard, what they'll do, they'll just put a couple lines of code in the computer and say, oh, yeah, by the way, don't go to overdrive until you hit this temperature. And it just makes the engine run a little faster, makes it warm up faster, so it gets some parameter within the limit of what EPA allows you know, they do all kind of little weird stuff like that, and if they did it on every single car, then everybody would know that that was normal and they wouldn't be concerned, but because they only do it on this car or that car and not on that one, then you never know what's normal and what's not anymore. I see. But I would bet you, if you're not having any other problems with it, and it's always done that, that's most likely going to be the way it's designed. I don't know if it's always done that. I just noticed it here this fall, you know, when the mm-hmm. weather got cool. Well, that's right, and, you know, there's actually – some vehicles, I think there's some of the Ford trucks out there that will actually skip a gear completely until they get to a certain temperature. They won't even shift into that gear. And I don't remember if it's like third gear or something. It'll go like from second to fourth or something really bizarre. I don't recall exactly what transmission it is, but I remember reading that and I'm like, wow, really? This is what you came up with? <laughs> but yeah, there's all kind of stuff. That transmission is 100% controlled by the computer. So Whatever is in the code is what it's going to execute, and that's just the way it's designed to do. That's what it's going to do. Right. All right. I didn't want to do it any harm, but keep driving it. Yes, sir. Well, I tell you what, CA, you can always fire off an email to me on the website and give me the description of the car, year, model, all that kind of stuff, and I'll look it up and service that, and I can tell you for sure. Okay. All righty. Sounds good, Lewis. Thank you very much. Thanks, CA. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good one. Uh 499-9526 number. You want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we're going back to our phone lines with Darren. Good morning, Darren. Good morning, Mr. Lewis. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Call and ask, inquire about a uh, 2002 Toyota 4Runner. Okay. Actually, you used to service it, but I moved away about seven years ago. Okay. And that that car, the 4Runner's been excellent. I'm I'm not working for Toyota, but I love that vehicle. (laughs) It's given me no problems. Yes, sir. But it started doing something in the last couple weeks. And I noticed that I have a lift kit on it, about a four-inch lift. It's not very big, but I have some uh, upsized the tires, Mm -hmm. and it shifts a little bit. It used to shift in general a little bit differently because of the tires, and I think they were heavier. Yes, sir. But it started shifting a little bit hard, like in the. It seems like when I in the first gear sometimes, Mm -hmm. or maybe first to second gear, it shifts a little. Normally, the one-two shift is where you're gonna feel it. Okay. How many miles you got on it, Darren? A hundred, not many. A hundred and thirty. I barely drive it. I mean. Uh huh. For the age, I mean, it's it's what uh, Darren. That is normally, yeah, that is normally going to be an electrical issue with the transmission. And what happens? There's two sensors: there's an input sensor and there's an output sensor. Inputs reading the torque converter, outputs reading the drive shaft in fourth gear. Mm-hmm. Now, if the two sensors don't agree with each other for any reason, it's going to assume that the transmission is slipping. And what it's going to do is going to boost the pressure up to try to prevent mm-hmm. the slippage. And when it does, it's going to start shifting harder. 
Now, you're going to feel that primarily on the one-two shift simply because the vehicle's moving slower. It takes more power to get to the next gear. In other words, once you're rolling 30, 40 miles an hour, it doesn't take that much to continue rolling because you got inertia going with you, so you don't yeah, feel don't, it as I much in higher anything. gears. I don't feel anything at all, really. Yeah, it you, runs smooth. you probably won't, but that is most of the time that's what it is. Now, if let's say one of those two sensors is reading incorrectly, or mm-hmm. let's say the wire is corroded, or let's say it started leaking and some oil has gotten into the sensor, it may read improperly, and then that's going to make it think that transmission slipping so it can start boosting pressure. That's one scenario. Another is there's a part called a throttle position sensor, and if mm-hmm. that malfunctions, it's going to, let's say it goes off range, it's going to think you're putting the accelerator to the floor when you're not. It's going to boost mm-hmm. the pressures. There's a number of things like that. Now, one other thing that's just real simple and you probably already know this, but if you've got a little button on your shift column that says something like power or ETC or something like that. It, I do. I have that. Okay, we'll make sure that button's not pushed because if you push that button, it's going to shift a lot harder. That's okay. the electronic transmission control button, and a lot of people don't even realize it's on there, don't know what it's for, and inadvertently they'll push it, and it'll start shifting harder, and they don't realize what's going on. Okay. So you might want to try just pushing that button and see – I think when the light is off, then it's in normal mode. When the light is on, it's in power mode. And in okay. power mode, it's going to boost the pressures on transmission, which is going to make it shift a lot harder. Okay, very well. All okay, right. I thought maybe my transmission was going out. I wasn't well, sure, and I was kind probably, of bummed out. <laughs> yeah, probably not. And we could do a pressure test on it and tell you for sure. There's a gauge you screw into the case. You can see the pressures. Then you can put a scan to it, see what's being commanded. And if it is not commanding higher pressure, but it's rising, then you could be into like the the solenoid could be leaking and pressure's getting higher than it should. Or, you know, of course, a number of scenarios. I mean, certainly if something is going wrong in transmission, it could start boosting the pressure, trying to prevent a problem. But that's pretty unusual on that transmission to have any problems. Well, Mr. Lewis, I'll, I'll, I'm not to interrupt you, sir, but mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen in about seven years. I actually moved to California seven years ago, so well, you haven't serviced my vehicle for a long time, but I listened to you on Saturday morning when I work. Oh, boy. And I wanted to tell you that in Southern, all of Southern California, I can't find anybody who makes a pot of coffee like you do. At your place. <laughs> <laughs> well, I they appreciate have, it. They don't have community coffee here in Southern California. That's but right. You, where, I try where, to get it. Where are you calling from, Darren? I'm calling from Huntington Beach. About okay. a block from the edge, and I'm working this morning, so calling oh. from my work. Well, great. great. Good deal. Hey, I appreciate you calling. I'm going to put you on hold. Be sure you give our producer your name and address and your phone number and size preference he's already got that he's a step ahead of us <laughs> well look, this guy's good I, I enjoyed listening to you and i'm gonna get it to a sh- i found a guy here who's pretty reputable okay. and he's honest and good. uh yeah, let, him, let him do a pressure test just tell him what it's doing it could possibly be a pressure control solenoid going bad but like i said we have almost zero problems with those transmissions at even twice mm-hmm. that mileage sure and it's never been off-road i've never abused it mm-hmm. or towed with it or anything i mean i really babied the vehicle yeah. so i'm a little bit surprised that it started giving me trouble yeah I mean, it's, yeah Anyway, I will have it checked out. Thank you, sir. All right, Darren. Thanks for calling, man. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 499-9526. The number if you want to be part of the automotive art. That was a good old Louisiana boy doing in Southern California. That's what huh? I was just thinking. <laughs> That's a long way. That's there. a long way from home, man. He's oh, get on back you. down here for Mardi Gras anyway. There you go. Yeah. Come down in the next two weeks. Well, in the next two weeks, there's three major celebrations uh-huh. that are going to occur right okay. here in South Louisiana. One is the Super Bowl. Right. Two is Mardi Gras. Right. Third is my birthday. <laughs> 
Hey, I forgot about that. That's right, boy. <laughs> <laughs> and we ain't gonna tell, tell everybody how old it will be, but why not? Yeah, well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> See, I am a proud 1953 model, so. <laughs> wow. Holy moly. That's right. Well, I knew I was gonna get this old. I'd have took a little better care of myself. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't plan on living this long, huh? Wouldn't plan it on it. <laughs> Hey, let's go back to our, our lines. We got Mike online. Good morning, Mike. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning. Uh, common question here. Suppose you go ahead and start your vehicle on a real cold Louisiana morning. Uh-huh. It's in the low 20s. Okay. How long before that engine has decent lubrication and you can mash on it a little bit? Mike, that's a great question. Generally, what the manufacturer's saying now, you can crank them up and go. They don't believe in warming up anymore. And I think that's more coming from the EPA doesn't want you to sit there and idle and burn gas for no reason. But I always like to give mine a little bit of time. I, it's not going to take long. I mean, what kind of car is it, Mike? Oh, I'm sorry, we lost him. As a general rule, something like a domestic car, about 30 seconds is going to be enough because domestic cars run a lot of oil pressure. Generally, most domestics are going to run anywhere from 40 to 60 PSI at an idle which is plenty, plenty of pressure to push that all up. If you're in some of the Asian cars, you might want to give it just a tad longer, maybe a minute, and that's on a very cold morning. But for the most part, if you just get in the car and go, the computer's pretty much going to take care of that task for you. It's going to lock out all the things it doesn't want and what have you. Right. It's not like the the older cars where you had a carburetor, you had to let it warm up enough to get the fuel to atomize where the car would actually run decent. Well, that and the choke that had to, the choke had to cut off. Yeah, and, it, it yeah. would die on you 15 times between your driveway and the stop sign and on the corner. South you know? Louisiana, if you even had a choke. <laughs> well, that's, I drove a car without a choke on it for 15 years. Well, that's right. Well, he was, he was, talking, about cold. A, he was talking about a real cold morning, 20 degrees. Like, man, I, I, I well, where, 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 South wow. Louisiana is that? Yeah, I mean, I ain't seen that in quite a while. It has to, been. To us, a real cold morning is like man. 50. Hey, <laughs> 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 man, it's cold out there. Wow, it must be 50 degrees, you know? No kidding, huh? <laughs> I know some. some the folks who listen to us around the country just oh, listen, to, listen yeah. to these guys. They, they don't even get 50s in yeah. the highs. Yeah, they ain't you know? got a clue, man. It ain't 50 in the summer here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have been swimming on Christmas Day. Oh, know? yeah. Oh, definitely. So Easter, too. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, it just depends on how the weather falls. <laughs> I remember Easter was one year you'd be in a jacket, and the next year you'd be in short sleeves and shorts. That's right. Crazy. But as a general rule, the weather down here is very, very nice. I'd say at least most of the year. There's three months that get Pretty, oh yeah, pretty unbearable. You Definitely. start getting, getting 100 degrees with 100 humidity. It gets a little, it gets a little warm, <laughs> a little warm. But uh, oh, that's, why, that's why God invented air conditioning. There you go. <laughs> hey, we're gonna take our last little quick break. We'll be right back with more on the Automotive Hour. Mike Rohn here with Baton Rouge's newest talk show, My Oh Myan. Dedicated to helping people who thought the world would end December 21st, 2012. Caller, you're on the air. Mike, I'm up the creek. So, what did you do? I maxed out all my credit cards, sold my stocks, my house, and my boat so I could travel the world before the world ended. Kept my 85 Mustang, though. Well, one thing I can recommend is to take your car in for regular maintenance at Agco Automotive. By taking care of your car, you'll save money in the long run by not having to pay for huge repairs. And with the money you save, you can pay down some of that debt. If you want to learn more about why Agco is the place to go, visit agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. There's one other big problem. I sold all my vital organs on a website in Uzbekistan, and now someone named Aziz keeps showing up on my caller ID. Well, hmm. lay low, brother. 
lay low. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here by my side. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 499-9526, and you give us a call. We'll put you right up to the top of the list and get your questions answered. That's right. Previous caller was asking about warming the car up and everything. Mm -hmm. Technology has come so far nowadays. All technologies have stayed up and stepped with engine technologies. Mm -hmm. And they operate real well together. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have special weight oils for special engines. They do. They and do different things. That is and one reason why they use like the Zero W20 on so many of the new vehicles. And most, if not all of those, are going to be a synthetic oil. And that's not an option. That is required. Exactly. You've got to use a full synthetic because there's no fossil oil that's going to meet Zero W20. Right. It's just too wide of a range. They're just not going to be able to get it without regular oil. So. Be aware that if your vehicle does take 0W20 or probably even 5W20, that's most likely going to be a full synthetic oil that's required. That's right. And you will definitely have problems if you don't use that oil. So, hey, we're going back to our phone lines with Carlson. Good morning, Carlson. Good morning, Lewis. Yes, sir. I have a 07 Chevrolet Malibu, uh-huh. 60,000 miles on it. Okay. I have three questions. When time and mileage as far as transmission service, because uh-huh. I've gotten different things from different dealers uh-huh. what do you say on that you really do for a transmission service now i like to do that one around fifty thousand miles okay and if you don't do it you're not gonna notice any different except that when you get to about 110 or 120 the transmission's gonna end up burning up on you you know it's one of those things you do to prevent a problem you know it's not gonna drive better it's not gonna shift better it's kind of like changing the oil you know the car doesn't run better when you do it but it sure holds up a lot better okay i think you adjust this Several months ago, for somebody else, okay, clonking in the steering column. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. About the intermediate, intermediate shaft. shaft. Yes, sir. That's yes, pretty sir. common on that car. There's an updated shaft for that. Okay, and you can take care of that. Problem. Absolutely like, can. Yes, sir. And my keyless entries, both of them remotes. They didn't last hardly no time at all. The little metal part has come loose. I've been able to get the one of them meticulously soldered so it would yes, work sir. for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. Do you do those? Yes, sir, you bet. I can either resolder them if that's possible, or if not, we can replace them and reprogram them. Yeah, they whoever they got making those for them is a really, really bad vendor because the little bracket that holds the battery in breaks loose from the motherboard, and they quit working quite frequently. Well, yeah, both of them came loose. Just, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, they do. We see that all the time. And like you said, most times Jeff just takes apart and resolders them, and he does a good job of soldering it, so it won't happen again. Because mm-hmm. if you buy a new one, you can get the same old junk you had before. <laughs> is the, the steering column a major item? No, or? sir. About a little bit more on that one than a Chevy pickup because the labor is a little higher. Uh-huh. Probably about two hours labor, and I want to say the shaft's about $110, $120. Okay. And, and it, it's more of a nuisance than a safety hazard. Yeah, it doesn't really hurt the car, right. but it is aggravating. It's just a nuisance. In other words, you can put up with a sound. You, it's, exactly. It's okay. Exactly. Okay, and as far as the keyless entry thing, you ballpark figure on that? Uh, not a major deal. Just depend on what time. I mean, as long as we can resolder the controls, yeah. probably a half hour or less. I mean, if I have to go in and replace them and reprogram them, again, the labor's not going to be much, half hour or less, but the little remotes are probably 60 bucks a piece if you have to buy them. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. Well, very good. Thank All right, you man. So much. Thank you. Sir. Thank Bye-bye. you. All right, four nine 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 five two six is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we'd love to have you. And we're going back to our phone lines with Fred. Good morning, Fred. Hey, Louis Altazan. Yes, sir. 
My name is Fred. I just called when I don't have a problem, but I'm an old buddy of yours from 35 years ago, back in the Belmont days. Yeah, man, what'd you say, Fred? And I wanted to just, I heard it was your birthday close to it, and I wanted to call and wish you happy birthday. Well, I appreciate it, man. And, and tell Elaine I said hello, and I just uh, listen to you every Saturday, and I just thought I'd call you and just say hello one well, time. Well, good deal. We'll have to get together one time, man. Yeah, we need to get together. Yeah. Have some good old time, but uh, I'm not going to take much of your time. Just happy birthday to yeah, you. Yeah, well, thank you, Fred. Call me at the shop. We'll make arrangements to get together. Sure will, Thanks, Fred. Bye-bye. Well, that's one of my old buddies we used to run around with <laughs> a million years ago. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah. yeah. Let's go back to our phone. I've got Jeff on the line. Good morning, Jeff. Hey, Lewis. Good morning. How you doing? Doing great, sir. Hey, I just had an easy question for you. What brand of windshield wipers do you recommend? I'll tell you what, Jeff, it's kind of hard to find a decent windshield wiper that really holds up. I've had pretty good luck with the Anco brand, A-N-C-O. Those are good, and I'm not necessarily endorsing them but i've had pretty good luck with them they're reasonably priced you can buy some of the other higher dollar ones like for instance michelin actually makes some and a lot of people oh man it's michelin but you know michelin just buys them from somebody and puts their name on it's not really any better so there's nothing inherently wrong with them i wouldn't pay any more to get them and a lot of times if you're Concern is one that lasts a little longer. Some of the new monobeam style wipers, that's the one with the little single edge and uh, like a big block of rubber rather than the old style with the metal. Those do tend to wipe a little better and hold up a little better, but they do cost a good deal more. So you just got to kind of weigh out the price to the benefit. I put a set on my Buick, I don't know, three or four years ago, and they're still hanging in there. So I've been pretty pleased with them. Now, what brand is that? They're available in all brands. Like I said, I like the Anco brand, and most of your good Part suppliers will have that. Just okay. ANCO is the brand name that I like. Okay. All right. Thanks okay. very much. All right. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. 499-9526. Number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would love to have you. And we've got Thomas on the line. Good morning, Thomas. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. We started driving the new 2012 Dodge Mercedes Sprinters. We started dealing with the diesel exhaust fuel. Uh-huh. And I was just wondering what y'all's opinion, kind of how it works and you know, what the purpose of it is. Yeah, what DEF is, Thomas, is the urea blend of chemicals, and it injects that into the catalytic converter to deal with some of the soot problems and so on and so forth. It just enhances the catalyst stage of the exhaust cleanup because the diesel had a lot of problems with particulate matter in it. And if you ever look under there and see the size of that catalytic converter, I mean, it will absolutely shock you. It's huge converter, expensive. And the DEF is what... They inject into it to, I don't know exactly what it does, if it cools it or if it just speeds up the catalyst process or what it does. I know on the Ford products, if you start getting low on it, it'll come on and tell you it's low. If you keep driving it, it'll cut your engine power back. It'll just shut the power to half power. Yeah. If you run out, it'll quit running. Those, like on the Fords, they burn probably a gallon per thousand miles or so. So generally, it's about three or four gallons for every oil change that you got to dump in there, and you know it's not optional. You got to have it. It's not gonna run without it. Yeah, and it does more. The more you idle, the more it uses. Yeah, I'm not exactly certain of the strategy. I don't work on diesels myself, so I'm not sure of the exact strategy they use. But I know we maintain a lot of the Ford products that do have it, and we keep it in stock for those guys. And you know, we add it all the time. But yeah, it's just part of the craziness, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's but, the government. Yeah, they go save us. What, what about, don't they only have one, like, is it Pennzoil that makes it? They only have one producer of the DEF? I'm not certain how many people actually produce it. We buy the DEF for the Ford for from Motocraft. Motocraft's pretty reasonable on it. And I am pretty sure that it's probably all the same, but, you know, I would 
probably check with Chrysler and see what they sell it for. And if it's pretty reasonable, probably just buy the Chrysler product. But that way, there's no question. No question. You know, something about happens it. down the road and they say, well, you were using a different product. Yeah, because I want to say that converter is probably in the $2,500 range. And if it fails outside of warranty, I mean, you can yeah. have a big, big, big issue on your hands. So. <laughs> I would probably check with Chrysler if they are reasonable in their price. I know Ford is pretty reasonable. I don't remember the exact cost. I want to say it's about six bucks a gallon or something like that. So fairly reasonable. If they're somewhere in line, then I would probably use the Chrysler product. Mm -hmm. And there's probably some kind of specification number on it. And if you look at a different brand and it says meets specification, yeah, 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 then it would be safe to use. Okay. But uh, I would be sure it should do because – that thing's, you know, you got a lot of Mercedes technology there that oh, yeah. it could be anything. Yeah, we had to have one burned out one time that, uh, that was on the 2008 models. They didn't have mm-hmm. And it wasn't expensive to have it burned out, but the new one was so expensive that you just had to, you had to try it. Oh, know? yeah, yeah. I wouldn't want to take a chance on something that costs that much money. That's, that's, just out mm-hmm. of, that's out of my pay grade, I can tell you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, thanks, guys. All right, Thomas, thanks for calling, man. That's kind of a good question, and there are a lot of specialty fluids and stuff that cars take today. Of course, most people are familiar with the different transmission fluids, but a lot of cars have different power steering fluids, of course, different oils, different coolants. And have been for many, many years. for a number of years, and it's just not going to do you any good to start swapping this stuff up. I know we get cars in all the time, and they require, let's say, VC7B yellow coolant in a uh-huh. Ford product, and somebody's put green in and that's just not going to work out for you. Because right. Because one is an OAT coolant, and the other one is a phosphorus uh, silicate-based coolant, and that is a totally different strategy for corrosion protection. Now, either one will keep the car from freezing, but that's not the point. It's just kind of like motor oil. Almost any motor oil will lubricate the engine, but that oil is doing so many things other than just lubricating. Exactly. And so That's, when you start swapping stuff up, boy, you can really, really open up a can of worms. And right. The engineers designed it for this specification, and that's what's supposed to be run in it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you we know? got a room at the shop probably as big as our waiting room with nothing but different kinds of fluids in there. Oh, definitely. We stock just about every fluid for every car, and I'm not going to make that call for you. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're coming to me, you're going to get the right fluid back in there. Right. Just because you have enough problems putting the right stuff in there. You don't want to start swapping stuff up. And causing more and, trouble. Well, yeah, inviting problems on yourself. Exactly. So. Hey, I see by the old clock there, we're just about out of time. I want to tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. I'd like to thank all our podcasters for listening this morning and every morning. Just yep. tell your friends, go to iTunes, and give us a written rating. Yeah, we really appreciate it when you give us a written rating. I see we're up to 74 five-star ratings. Boy, that really made my day when I saw that. I That's great. Hooping and hollering. So, <laughs> if you want to give me a little birthday present here next week, there uh, you go. Actual birthday is next Friday, but we'll take it early. We'll take a birth week. <laughs> <laughs> Give us a written rate. Really appreciate it. Hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.